From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Well, welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. Now, on this special edition of the Straight Truth Podcast, we will revisit some excerpts from some of the most popular topics we've discussed with Dr. Richard Caldwell. Now, if you'd like to hear a full version of any one of these topics, we'll include links to those episodes in the description below. Now, Straight Truth is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to help us continue to produce this podcast, just go to our website, straighttruth.net, and go there and find out how you can help us grow. You can also go to our website and check out all the media that we have there, and we have links there to all of our previous episodes and every topic we've already explored and discussed. You can also find links there to all of our social media channels, so just click on one of those and like and subscribe to that channel. And if you would like to hear any sermon related to these topics, just click on the links below or go to our website and you will find those. Lastly, go to iTunes or the Google Play Store to the podcast section and leave us a good review. Well, Paul says in Ephesians 5 to, it's an exhortation, not don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think a lot of us really strongly desire (laughs) to know what the will of the Lord is. This is probably more intense at certain times of life than it is at others. Like for instance, right, coming right out of high school, not really knowing what to do with your life, you, you don't want to make the wrong decision. And so you praying and asking God to show his will to you. Or maybe you're wanting to know if you should marry that girl or marry that guy. You know, what is the will of the Lord in here? And you wish God would just strike lightning on this situation or maybe overturn this rock for me. And then there it is. Mm. But that obviously is not the way the Lord has ordained it in his word. How do you, when somebody comes to you and says, I, I want to know what God's will is for my life right now, maybe a situation or maybe just generally, mm. how do you counsel them? What do you say? How, how do I understand what the will of the Lord is? I want to encourage them um, concerning what I imagine is going on in their heart. Uh, I think most of the time the people asking this, uh, their heart is in a good place. I mean, they, they want to honor God. That's, that's why they ask this. But that fear of doing something wrong you know, paralyzes them mm-hmm. and immobilizes them. They, they, they don't know, they don't take action in some cases when they should because they're afraid of, the, of taking the wrong action. Mm-hmm. So I just want to remind them that um, the will of God is determined by knowing the word of God. Mm. So what I mean by that is that uh, God's will is, is set forth in his word. The application of that word to our individual situations and decisions is either clear based upon what Scripture says, or it's going to be a matter of discernment based on the principles found in the statements God has given us. So for example, marriage. Should I marry this person, right? What you're not going to get from Scripture is, you should marry Sally. It's just not going to be there. What you can find in Scripture is, you should marry a believer. Mm -hmm. Um, you must. You mm-hmm. have no other option. Think about 1 Corinthians 7, where widows are told they can marry anyone they want, but only in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So as a believer, I'm not to be married to an, an unbeliever, unequally yoked. I know that for sure. So don't be paralyzed uh, in areas where you want specific information when God hasn't given you specific information and won't give you specific information. He's given you the general principles by which you have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. That means uh, navigate these decisions in, in light of the truth of God's word and just trust that um, you'll be pleasing to him and, and he'll direct your paths. Mm-hmm. Um, some verses of scripture that weigh in on this question. So I think about the will of God. For example, Romans 12, 2 mm-hmm. says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So he says, discernment is developed as I take God's word and then apply it to the decisions I'm making, these principles I've just talked about. As I do that, I grow in discernment. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So I can mm-hmm. know for sure that, that mm-hmm. God's will for me is to grow in the Christian faith and to not commit sexual sin. Mm-hmm. I can know that for certain. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I know for sure God wants me to live a thankful life, take note of his blessings. Mm. 1 Peter 2.15 says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So as I live the Christian life in, in obedience to God, uh, he's gonna use me to actually uh, adorn the gospel, to be a good testimony for Christ. I can know that for sure. A common thing I say to people is this. If you know you're submitted to the Lordship of Christ, submitted to the authority of Scripture, you're delighting yourself in the Lord, His Word tells you He's going to give you the desires of your heart. doesn't mean you get things that don't please Him, but if if your heart is submitted to God, your heart's going to begin to be desiring the things that please God. And so if I can say with a clear conscience, what I'm I'm desiring to do doesn't violate scripture. I'm submitted to God, submitted to his word. I say to people, do what you want to do. Is Sally a believer? Is there anything about this relationship that would violate the will of God? According to scripture, no. Do you want to marry her? Yeah, well then do. (laughs) go, Go for it, right? You're free to pursue that. But what if there's another girl out here somewhere in the world that would be a better fit for me? You're never gonna have that kind of specific knowledge. I don't even think that's how the will of God operates in someone's life. You can marry anyone you want, 1 Corinthians 7, only in the Lord. So if you desire to spend the rest of your life with this person, knowing what marriage is, one man, one woman for a lifetime, take this to heart, what you're about to enter into. But if this is the person you wanna spend the rest of your life with and this person's a believer, do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they're free to be married, of course. So yeah. there are other, other things to talk about there. Yeah, don't be paralyzed mm-hmm. by what you don't know. Walk in the light of what you do know. In Luke 17, the apostles say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Mm-hmm. And then he gives this parable of the mustard seed and its relation to faith, this tiny little seed. And that if we only had faith like this, you know, we would be able to move mountains. That's what Jesus says. Our question here is, is how can I increase my faith like the, like the apostles or the disciples at that time, like they're asking Jesus, how do I increase my faith? I have th- some faith, mm-hmm. comes from the Lord. Yes. And, um, and I have faith in him and his promises, but how do I increase that faith? Well, the one who gave us faith in, in, in the beginning is the one who increases our, our faith. So they, in that passage, Lord, increase our faith. That's a request. Mm-hmm. So. I don't increase my own faith. God increases my faith. 
Having said that, God works through means. Mm. So I, I can't ask God to do something and then not work in coordination with what he's ordained uh, to do to answer my request. So how do, how do I increase my faith? I ask God to increase my faith, and I, and I do so as I read his word. What is faith? Faith is believing God. Mm-hmm. The, simplest, the simplest way to express it is believing God. It's taking God at his word. It's trusting in God's character. It's knowing his character and believing who he's revealed himself to be. So my faith will increase as I, as I in an increasing way, have a right view of God, a right view of the world that I live in, mm-hmm. which is not a world of accidents, but a world that God is sovereign over. Um, because if you think about where our faith feels weak, it often has to do with things that make us feel afraid, things that we feel like threaten us or in some way are going to overwhelm us. Well, as I can uh, increasingly understand God's in control of these things, then my faith increases. Mm-hmm. I think we have to pay attention to God's faithfulness in our own lives. Um, John Piper wrote a book called Future Grace. I love that book. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how all of God's past graces are sort of uh, testimonies of, of future grace because he doesn't mm-hmm. change. His word doesn't change. So I, I just, I, I think about how often we are afraid of things in the present that we were afraid of in the past. And God has already proven himself faithful in those things over and over and over again. And yet I face this new situation as if I have none of that to reflect on. Mm-hmm. So we need to be better rememberers mm-hmm. of, of what God has already done in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, all that based in the truth of his word. Here is how his word has been demonstrated true and faithful in my life back here mm-hmm. over and over again. And so whatever I'm facing for tomorrow, uh, let me believe these things. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of, uh, just to interject here, um, in the story of, of, of Deborah and Barak in the book of Judges, mm. um, there's this, this, this uh, song that is sung, talking about the people of God, and it says, by the, by the, by the rivers, or, or, or by this body of water, they recounted the deeds of the Lord. Oh, yeah. And it just reminds me exactly of what you, what you just said about exactly right. having a memory that remembers what God has done in the past, which propels faith in future grace. It's a great point, Josh. Amen. And this is what um, parents and grandparents were charged with under the Mosaic Covenant. They were to pass these things on to their children, and part of that was, and their grandchildren, and part of that was recounting mm-hmm. what God had That's done right. in their history. Yeah. I mean, even think about the, the increasing of faith, the body of Christ, the Christian family, how we can assist each other in this as we remind each other of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, exhorting each other and all the more as we see the day approaching, this is how faith is increased. Brother, I know you're at a low point, but can I just remind you today of what the Lord has done in our lives, what he's done in your life, the things that I can remember he's done in your life. This is where families and friendships can be Mm -hmm. so valuable. We can remind each other of things we're so prone to forget in that fearful moment. Mm. So we have to hear the words of God, believe the words of God, and then our faith is increased like a muscle that's, you know, it, it grows stronger as it's stressed. Mm-hmm. We, we actually grow in faith as we prove the word of God, mm. as we walk out on the word of God, as that's we put good. it into action. And then we see his faithfulness mm. on display. Well, when we read through the scriptures, we read about a God who is sovereign over all things and his uh, providence guides all of our actions and our ways according to the scriptures. And it seems that the Bible is firm in this, in this doctrine, that God is absolutely sovereign. 
and it's his delight to be sovereign for the good of his people and for his creation. And yet there is this thing that, that kind of comes in on the side, which is that he also instructs those who would follow him to pray mm-hmm. and that he hears our prayers, our requests that we make, our petitions to God, and he listens and that he will act. He commands us to pray. Even Jesus gives us a model for how to pray. So I wonder how you guys reconcile those two things. How, how do we reconcile the fact that we have a sovereign God who governs all things and also that we have to pray? The sovereign God who governs all things has sovereignly determined to work through means. Um, And prayer is one of those means that God has chosen to work through. So I could say, and it would be accurate to say, sovereign God provides the meals that my family enjoys every day. It would also be right to say that He's ordained to supply for us in that way as I go to work. and earn money that we're going to use to spend on that food. He is ordained to work through the means of people planting uh, fields and harvesting crops. And in this way, he, f- he feeds people. So God has chosen to work through sunshine and rain and all different ways in supplying for his creation. So in the sw- same sort of way, the God who's determined to do what he's going to do has determined to work through prayer. And prayer, therefore, really matters. I mean, if I sit in my home today and go, God has sovereignly promised to feed me. I'm not going to work. We're not going to the grocery store. No one's going to you know, work in the fields or grow any crops. God's going to feed me. I'm going to starve because I've misunderstood how sovereign God has chosen to work. In the same sort of way, if I live a prayerless life, I'm going to experience some spiritual starvation because that is not how God has determined to work. So that's mm. one aspect of my thinking on it. The other would be, I think we misunderstand sometimes what prayer is about. Mm. It's not about changing the mind of God. Mm-hmm. It's about getting our minds and hearts in a position where we agree with God. We're actually praying in the name of Jesus. We're praying in agreement with God, His truth, His word, His character, His will. If we ask anything according to His will, we know we have it. So the goal is not to impose my will on God, but to pray in a way that agrees with His will and then watch as He works through those means that He's ordained to do what He has determined to do. It is the knowledge that God is sovereign in everything that actually fuels prayer. Because now the very one who has the, the all wisdom and all power mm-hmm. and is always present has invited me and commanded me to come to him and he promises to answer. So I'm not dealing with someone who may not hear me. He hears me. I'm not dealing with someone who can't do anything about what I'm asking about. He, has, he possesses all power. I'm not dealing with someone who doesn't care. He's commanded me to come. I mean, I have assurance in the matter of prayer. So this fuels my prayer life. So to me, it's not a problem. It's a joy that we're talking Amen. about. Sovereign God commands me to come to Him, and He's promised to work through that process to accomplish what He's determined to do in His world. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information about this podcast, just go to our website, Straight Truth. And there you can find links to all of our previous episodes, also some other helpful information about these topics. We also have merchandise there for you to purchase if you would like to. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.